0: Just when you thought it was safe to walk from your living room into your kitchen. We got quite the terrifying story. We got quite the terrifying story happening in four inches of a doorway that separates those two rooms. And then we head back to Iceland to take a look at yet another dark spell that was once used and may still be used today in that tiny little country. Did you know that you, too, can raise the dead? But, I hope you're good at wrestling. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Garviner. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys have tons of plans for the weekend. We're going to keep this episode a little casual, because you know the show's already so structured every other day. We're going to be a little casual today, I had the craziest week, but someone who always helps me maintain my sanity even during the craziest week, walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now. Everyone get on your feet and give it up for Patreon supporter and book buyer, Mizzy. Woohoo, yeah, come on in Mizzy rabbit command thank you so much for supporting the show missy bought me off my amazon wish list my star trek book i love star trek i love star trek it's my favorite it's my favorite genre of literature and she bought me the never ending sacrifice which if i remember correctly is kind of the the sequel or spiritual sequel to a stitch in time which is one of my favorite books i've ever read not that madeline Engel book it's, it's about it's about Garak, his life story on Cardassia. It's a great novel. Anyways, uh, Mizzy, thank you so much for sending me the never-earning sacrifice. I really do love Star Trek. And Mizzy also said, I have a bunch of Star Trek books in my house. If you want them, <laughs> she goes, come to my house. They're in, they're in a pit in the backyard. You're free to grab them, but you're never coming out. No, Mizzy, yeah, you go ahead. If you want to send me more Star Trek books, just send them to my P.O. box. I would love that. So, Mizzy, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you, guys, <laughs> if you guys can't build booby traps for me to fall into using my love of Star Trek books as bait, that's fine, too. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That really helps out a lot. It really does. And then look at this awesome fan art Friday we got. I love this one. This one, I love them all. Uh, this one's from Valencia the Researcher. It's her take on the classic Dead Rabbit Radio logo. It's fantastic. I love it. So awesome. You guys are so talented. And Mizzy, let's go ahead. I want to give you the hair hang glider. We're not going to jump off of Dead Rabbit Command just yet for our first story. i got to tell you guys very quickly about my week, because that's more entertaining. I, I, you know, people hate it when podcasters talk about their personal life. But it's been a very paranormal conspiracy and true crime week for me. Behind the scenes, I'm not going to go on for a long time about this, but I'm just, I'm just dead on my feet. That's why this episode, we're keeping it a little casual. It might even be a little bit shorter. Dude, so you guys know how I had COVID. If this is your first episode. You're like already clicked off. You're like, this is this is chaos personified. But if this isn't your first episode, if you've listened for a bit, I had COVID a couple weeks ago. Well, then I got over that. That was totally fine. Then around Thursday of last week, I began to develop symptoms of blood clotting in my legs. Technically, to be specific, it was. One, just one symptom is very weird in my left leg. So that was something that I had to deal with all week long. Like, do I have this blood clot? My left leg keeps getting warm. It feels like someone's just putting a heating pad on my leg and it lasts for a couple minutes and then goes away. And then it could not come back for 10 hours or it could come back 30 seconds later. It, it, that's a sign of a blood clot and because of my weight and because of my age and because of COVID, which it causes inflammation and one of the things it does is... Could cause blood clots. Obviously, I'm concerned about that. That's what I did all... That's what I did. I didn't do it all weekend long. But, you know, I was worried as... Making phone calls to the doctor and all that stuff. So, finally, on Monday... I got tested and no blood clots. So, there you go. That's nice. But that definitely weighed heavy on me. And it kind of set me back, you know. Because I'm not thinking clearly. <laughs> all the blood clots in my brain. I'm like, ah! Uh, you know, it just kind of was a bummer weekend. Well, then, today... Um, the entire town of Hood River, which is where I live. <laughs> Otherwise, I, just wouldn't, I wouldn't care if it happened to somebody else. Every business in town got a stay in stay in place, shelter in place alert. Because there was an active shooting down by the Safeway. And so, it's like a <laughs> I mean. I, I, luckily, if something bad happened, I could run away. I don't have lip clots in my legs. Yeah, it was super weird. It's just been over, and so I've just been exhausted <laughs> in between, <laughs> between the mass shooting and the blood clotting. No, apparently, like we all got these calls from the sheriff's department, and it was everywhere in town. They're like, "Don't leave your house. Don't leave your business." And you know, we see these news reports saying there's an active shooter loose in Hood River. We're like, "Oh no, that's not good." and then the news comes out and i don't fault anyone for this they don't know what's going to happen they were like evacuating houses and stuff like that and then it was like the most alarming part was when i got off of work i had to go <laughs> i had to go buy some tortilla chips i'm like oh there's a mass shooter loose in the city uh, but i really do need my chips and salsa tonight i had to go buy uh, tortilla chips i don't have a car so i'm walking every- <laughs> i'm walking everywhere for police cars are <laughs> no see that's the thing I get, before I leave work, I get this message saying, shelter in space, shelter in place, do not get tortilla chips, and uh, we haven't caught the guy yet. (laughs) We don't know where this guy is. This is all coming from, like, the news at this point. I'm going to the news website, and it says, we don't know where the guy is at. (laughs) I'm walking around walking around town, and it's so, so funny. I mean, this is tragic, but I remember thinking, I'm not necessarily scared... That this maniac could be running around shooting out of the car. I mean, definitely that was, that was. I was thinking that. But I remember I didn't listen to my headphones. I didn't bring, I didn't put my music on. I go, I'm not necessarily scared of getting shot by some random guy. I don't know what this guy looks like. I was like, I don't know what this guy looks like. What if he looks like me? What if I'm walking around? They're like, no, look how the suspect is very hungry. Repeat, very hungry. He likes Tostitos. Um, I remember thinking, I was like, I don't know what this dude looks like. So when I saw, <laughs> I gotta get my chips. I can't head straight home. I ended up taking this long route just so I could get some chips. Anyways, I eventually make my way back home. And then I check the news. So at this point, it had been like an hour, not two hours since this all went down. Maybe, yeah, you know, it would have been about two, three hours since this all started. And they go, oh, he's not an active shooter, He's shooting out of his house. So it's not like he was walking around town just to shooting. And I'm not faulting the police for overreacting. They were reacting. I don't think they were over or underreacting. They were reacting the right amount when a man opens fire out through the walls of his house in a populated area. So the police, he wasn't like walking from house to house, but they were evacuating entire neighborhoods and things like that. He wasn't moving around. Apparently the police got a I'll put a link in the show notes, but apparently the police got like a report that this guy was dangerous, which turned out to be correct. He began shooting at the police through the house, the walls of the house and the police take up positions. And then they didn't know if he was going to leave the house and start taking a tour of the neighborhood. And he didn't. And, but in the report, because that's when I was like, because I saw that I eventually saw he was shooting out of his house At the police, that came up, and then I saw another report going, they don't know where he's at, so be on the lookout, and I was like, how in the world world did you start shooting at cops from your house, and then get away? They're like, sir, sir, uh, we can't find him, apparently, his house has what's known as a back door, we didn't put anyone back there, he just crawled over the fence, we don't know where he's at. And I was like, well, I mean, when I you gotta take the alerts for what they are when they're like, we don't know where he's at, we're looking for him. That's why we're shutting down the town. Some businesses were locking their doors. Some businesses were oh, I need my Tostitos. I'm kicking through the door, I'm making all this noise. People were like, You're just as dangerous as that lunatic downtown. I was like, I need him. I need my Tostitos. Some of the businesses locked their doors but stayed open. So when customers came to the door, they'd let them in. But yeah, no, he was in his house. He, apparently he's still in his house. I actually just woke up from a nap. I'm <laughs> exhausted in between the blood clots and the active shooting and just, you know, life life in between those two things. I'm exhausted. So yeah, it's been a crazy one. I had done a segment earlier in the week talking about um my concerns about the blood clots, and then I edited it out because I thought it was what happened was, I did it, and I go, people, people for the rest of the episode, because this was before I got tested, I go, yeah, I think I might have blood clots in my legs, um, okay, let's go ahead and hop aboard the dead rabbit toon buggy, you'd be like, wait, what? Well, then what? I can't even think about anything else, uh, this dude that I'm listening to, his legs may get chopped off, he may die before the end of the episode, so I just waited to figure out, and if I had blood clots or not, anyways, we have all of that what a crazy we oh and like the active shooter guy didn't hurt anybody so like that's the best that's the best outcome the best outcome would be for no one to be opening fire from inside their house or outside their house to begin with but apparently he didn't hurt anybody and the last i saw before before i took a nap i'm all sleepy time is that the police had surrounded the building and everything was fine here let's take a look i I pull up the news and it's like massacre i I think everything's fine hood river news yeah no he's still there apparently this is from five hours ago he still surrounded the area anyways hope, hope everything turns out okay hope everything's okay mizzy you got that hang glider ready she's giving us the thumbs up Everyone, come over here and grab a hold of her ankles. She is jumping off the highest point of Dead Rabbit Command, and we're going to glide lazily all the way out to a house. Not a not, not house where this is currently taking place. Glide away from that house. We're going all the way out to this other house. We go to this house, and we're going to meet A young woman. She doesn't give her name. We're going to go ahead and call her Clarice. Clarice is at home. This is a very small, very short, simple story. That's why I picked it. A little casual today. But it's just so fascinating to me. Clarice is at home. And she is walking from her living room into her kitchen. She walks into her kitchen and she goes, What was that? What in the world? What's that? And she turns back and she looks into her living room. She doesn't see anything. She's like, what in the world did I hear? Clarice said that as she was walking from the living room into the kitchen, that short doorway, that entryway, as she moved through there, She said for a split second, she heard what sounded like a party. And she used some very interesting... The way she described this was super interesting. She says, it sounded like a large party going on, but you were in the bathroom. It sounded like a bunch of people talking, having fun... But you're in the bathroom, and the sound is muffled through probably like two or three doors at that point. You have the stall door, you have the bathroom door, and then you maybe a hall door or something like that. But two or three doors down, the sound is being muffled of a large party. But you could still make out the rhythm of people talking. So it wasn't just like a chaos noise, it sounded like a bunch of people talking at once in a lively situation, but you're removed a couple doors away and it's that muffled sound. And she says, "I didn't I didn't realize what I heard until I was in the kitchen." She goes, "I stepped through the doorway and I heard this noise for just a split second. She goes, "I got a couple feet into the kitchen and I stopped and goes, "What in the world was that?" Like it didn't even register with her while she was moving. It was it took a moment for her brain to go, "Hey, there's a party going on, but there shouldn't be." And this perplexed her so much, she began to walk around the house to see if she could figure out where the sound was coming from. She tried to replicate it, actually, first. She went back and she kind of walked back and forth between the living room and the kitchen, and she couldn't replicate it. So then she began to look around the house to try to figure out what this noise was, because it clearly was real. She was like, 100% I heard this. This wasn't a mistake. Therefore, there must be something in my house that made that noise. She began to walk around the house. She couldn't find anything. And then she goes, there has to be a party outside. There has to be a party outside. And it's funny because I think a lot of people would experience this and just kind of shrug it off. Just think it was weird and went about their day. But she was 100% sold on the idea. There was a party, so there has to be a logical explanation for this. I know what I heard. Even though it was only for a split second, I heard it. Clarice walks outside of her house Begins to snoop around the neighborhood. I don't know how far she went. She went a couple blocks. She went outside of her house, and she began looking around, listening for any signs of a party where her neighbors throwing a big shindig. Nope. She never found a source of that noise. Clarice, when she wrote this, she didn't give a location. She didn't really give a time period or anything like that. She posted this under the name Luna Domha. And she entitled the post, Did I walk through a portal in my doorway? And that's kind of how she saw it. She's walking through this man-made portal, this construct of a doorway, but for a split second in that small gap, she actually heard this other thing, something that did not exist in our reality. There was a party going on. It's a fascinating story. You know, you would think, like... Take the story at face value. She did hear something. She heard this noise. But you would wonder where the noise comes from. I think there's a big... And I'll try to keep this brief. Because I could just go on about portals. You don't know how much editing I have to do whenever I start talking about portals. Because it starts to get weird. But we have, I think, a belief in general that a portal may move us through time... A reporter like this may move us from dimension to dimension, but this party noise, it's interesting to think that it's not necessarily that it is coming from her house in an alternate reality. It's not like at that same moment in an alternate reality, another version of Clarice was having a party. It's possible that what she was hearing is from, you know, alpha centauri nine uh, on an alternate universe where humans have already taken over the entire universe it's possible that the party was from 1807 and it was like a old-timey party like some house of manor what was that show called that everyone watched for a long time and nobody cares about anymore downton abbey it could have been like a downton abbey situation it could have been anything. Like it could have been a, a it could have been a party that was happening in this reality at that same moment from Bulgaria. Like where the portal is opening up, where she's hearing this is fascinating to me. If we take it at face value that she wasn't hallucinating it, that she wasn't really tired and having a waking dream or anything like that, like it's not necessarily just what the noise was but when the noise was and where the noise was and it really could be anything and then also you got to think it's very possible that these port I, I do think the the portals are both ways and even that, is, even that's a binary <laughs> when you're talking about the multiverse you can't really use the term both but it's opening across thousands of different dimensions what i find interesting is at that party wherever it was taking place Someone at that party may have been standing there drinking their Octurlian tea as they're watching the sunset over Rigel 7 and they hear the noise of a woman walking through a house. They're <laughs> like, what was that? They hear footsteps or they hear a television set and they can't even place it. They have no context for it. But the portal would open up like that, so if she was watching Laverne and Shirley or something like that, someone at that party, as they're having a good time, could hear someone go, Shirley, you big lunkhead! (laughs) And no one else in the party would have heard it, If so just everyone was having a good time, but someone was just standing in the right place at the right time to hear a signal come through a television set that leaks through this portal and it's for a split second. And that would be a mystery on their end. They'd be like, what in the world is that? Fascinating story. I love portals. That's why I always have to basically set an egg timer. Basically set an egg timer so I don't talk about them too much. But I love mundane paranormal stories like this. I really do. Because it just shows how common the phenomenon may be. Mizzy, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the copter we are leaving behind this household. Take us all the way out to Iceland. <makes noise> Mizzy is at the controls of the helicopter. She's flying through an ice storm as we're headed to Iceland. <sighs> Windows are getting frosted up. I'm in the back with you guys, and I go, where the heater is? She's freezing to death. It's like, yeah, I probably should have got a heater in the front, too, but... I didn't have enough money. We're sitting in the back, it's fully heated, and I go, listen guys, we're on a mission. We recently were in Iceland to look at the story of the Tilbury, a two-headed snake that you can tame, where you create it first and then you tame it, to steal goat milk from a widow. That was a very successful operation, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your support. A toast of goat milk to us all. We also mastered the power of the necro pants in that very same episode. I'll put it in the show notes. Pants that give us unlimited riches. But, but the unlimited riches come out of the testicles of your best friend's skin. <laughs> like, what? I was like, yeah, listen to another episode. It's a crazy one. It's cool. Actually, longtime supporter of the show, Ampus Allen. He's been recommending stuff for years. Really cool guy. Ampus Allen is going to visit in person the... Museum of Icelandic sorcery and witchcraft, so that's going to be pretty cool. <laughs> I want to give him a hundred dollars if he breaks into the exhibit and steals me some necro pants. And then Lancing Loki on the Patreon Discord has been posting photos from a book he is reading about the topic. Actually, he has been reading about Icelandic magic as well. So that's really cool. I love hearing that type of stuff from you guys. Uh, it's just cool. I can't do that stuff. I'm I'm kind of stuck here. <laughs> they, they put the whole city on lockdown. I can't leave, guys. I can't leave. But I love to see you guys out uh, having adventures and everything like that. This is another story from Icelandic lore, and just like the necropants and the tilbury, it's nuts. I wonder who figured this out. Now, it's possible it was made up. Now, I'm not saying, like, the article I'm about to read. I got most of my information from an Atlas Obscura article written by Eric Grundhauser. So, it's great. I wanted to give you credit for that. But, I mean, I, he didn't make it up. I'm saying, like, it's possible that some Icelandic shaman was just having a laugh one day. People are like, hey, uh, can you help me with this? And he's, like, just making dumb stuff up on the spot. He's tripping off shrooms. He's just making stuff up. But if it's real, it's like you would have to go through so many variations of this to get it right. And you figure a lot of people would have died. A lot of people would have died trying to get this right. Let's take a look at this. land, the Carboner Copter right here in Iceland. We're about to take a look at a curse. Because the Necropants allowed you to pass on wealth from generation to generation. What if there was an equally powerful curse that could be passed on from generation to generation not your family I and mean, you'd really <laughs> you'd really have to hate your kids to destroy your own bloodline through a curse this is what you would do to someone you didn't like and they wouldn't go away for quite a long time the best way wouldn't be to just do like an evil eye spell wouldn't it be to like make a little voodoo doll of them step on it put them full of needles no. I mean, I guess those, I guess those are both ways to curse somebody, but what a better way to curse a bloodline than to raise the dead. So we're standing in this Icelandic cemetery. We all got a shovel. And I go, okay, guys, get ready. Because we are about to create a zombie. Each, each one of you, this is a this is an arts and crafts podcast now. Each one of us is gonna go home with their own zombie they're gonna create. First thing you do is you stand in front of a grave and you start to shout out this invocation. But it's interesting because I've seen different variations of this in the world of magic. There are some witchcraft Wicca practitioners that say you don't have to get the actual pronunciation of the words right. It's all about the motivation or the spirit behind the words. So if you're speaking Latin, but you don't speak Latin, that's okay. As long as your intention behind the words is raise the dead, you don't have to get them exactly right. In Icelandic lore and and, and other like high magic levels, Kabbalah magic is also very particular about how you pronounce the words. You have to get them right, which would make sense. It really would make sense. I never bought the whole, well, you know, just just have a good feeling about it and it'll work. I, I... I figure some magic is very akin to science. You just can't throw chemicals into a pot and go. Well, I'm I'm hoping it becomes an acid, but who knows? Uh, no, you got to get it right. Anyways, in Icelandic lore, you got to get this invocation right. They didn't publish the invocation, <laughs> they didn't publish the invocation online. Um, I'm sure you could probably dig through the attic. In the Museum of Icelandic sorcery and witchcraft. I'm sure they got it in a box somewhere. But, anyways, you're at this grave, and then everyone spit on the grave. Just like just like that a fabulous movie from the 1970s. One detail that I probably should have included when you first walked in front of this grave is you have to be very, very particular about whose grave you're in front of. Because not all zombies are created equal. It turns out that when you want to create a zombie warrior, you want it to be of a weak corpse. So, I mean, you, you don't necessarily want, like, a 10-year-old. You know, that that's just kind, of, that'd be just kind of depressing to look at. He comes out, he's like, what is your bidding, master? And you're like, oh, man, he's breaking my heart, buddy. No, but you, you want someone with the strength of a 10-year-old boy. You don't want, like, a lumberjack. Because you would think, if I'm going to summon this... Zombie fourth, the bigger the better. But that's not the case. You're all standing over the grave of Hacksaw Jim Dugan. No, you're doomed. You're doomed if you are in front of that guy's grave. It turns out that whatever zombie you summon will be nine times stronger in death than they were when they were alive. So if you went and stood in front of a lumberjack's grave or a farmer, a big farmer, dude. That's not good. That's not good. <laughs> Jason, it would be awesome. I like, want well, the strongest zombie possible. I'm standing in front of the grave of a 19 year old weakling. And all of a sudden he's like kicking the dirt up and digging. And I was like, this guy totally was lame in real life. He got wedgied all the time. how he died. The bully wedgied him to death. But he's crawling out of the grave, and now, I mean, like, if you were a 120-pound weakling, now you have the strength of a 900-pound man. First step of the spell, find the grave. Second step, read the poem, read the invocation. Third step, spit on it. And now this dude's popping out of the grave nine times stronger than he was while he was alive. Step four, you have to wrestle. You have to wrestle this decaying corpse that just clawed its own way out of the grave. And I am still, even though I picked this weakling, I'm still now fighting a man who has the strength of a 900-pound man. The stre- Actually, no, it wouldn't be the strength of a 900-pound man. If he had the strength of one 10-year-old boy, now he has the strength of nine 10-year-old boys, which is still, which is still quite strong. Now, those of you who stood in front of the grave of a lumberjack or a sea captain, hopefully we'll resurrect you guys as zombies some days. They're tearing you to pieces. I probably should have told you before you stood on top of your grave. You're like, oh, the grave of Paul Bunyan? I'll be a zombie warlord. No, no, you're dead. I should have told you you should have picked the infirm, someone who died of polio or something like that, because you got to wrestle this guy. And it's not just enough. I mean, you figure, you know corpses corpses generally aren't known for being able to stay in one piece so you figure you could like rip his arms off and beat him with him get him in a chokehold, which i guess probably wouldn't work because he doesn't need to breathe but also, oh, if he did that then you would just have a zombie with no arms you're like i didn't really think this thing through sure i'm still alive uh that, that's the plus But now I have a zombie with no arms to do my bidding. Not only do you have to fight this zombie, though, like fighting a 19-year-old dead kid, I think most of us could take him. That's not it. It's not like you can just beat him down and you're like, I raised you from the dead to beat you back to the earth. No, you're wrestling with him for a purpose. When your zombie crawls out of the grave, you'll notice there is a thick streaming liquid pouring out of his nostrils and mouth. He's walking towards you. It's like the viscosity of snot pouring out of his nostril, coming up through his esophagus and out of his mouth, and it's just dripping down his face as he's lumbering towards you. And you're just watching all this goo bubble out and bubble up from his dead stomach rotten flesh liquefying into this bubbling ooze as he lumbers towards you to wrap his fingers around your throat and kill you you lean in close you lean in uncomfortably close because not only do you have to wrestle him you have to lick up the goo Sucking snot bubbles down your throat. This goo erupts from his innards and out the open orifices of his face. You're just drinking it up. (laughs) You're like, Jason, this is clearly not true. This is now you're just making stuff up. There is not a spell in the world where (laughs) you're just trying to be gross. It's a Friday and you're trying to be gross. There is no spell in the world where you have to suck up the mucus of a dead man. <laughs> it just doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, Jason. <laughs> while you're arguing with me I'm all wom, wom, wom. I'm eating all this goo. It's real. It's real. Well, let's say it's real according to this Icelandic text. I don't know if this works. Feel free to try it. Ampus Allen is going to be out in Iceland for a while. Dig up a body, dig up a corpse, lick him up. That's what the spell requires. You get in there and you suck up all this rot juice. And it keeps pouring out of his nose and his mouth. And while he's trying to kill you, you have to lick up all of the mucus off of his face. And it keeps coming. This is not an easy thing. It's not just like little snail trail. It keeps pouring out of his dead lungs and his rotten stomach. Just lick it up, bros. Just lick it up. Just pretend it's one of those Domino's Marinara bread bowls. Just use your imagination. Put yourself in a better space. You're like, mmm, mmm, pepperoni flavor. And you realize that that was from the inside of his esophagus. You're like, oh, that's weird. The mucus was a little chewy that time. I think I actually ate dead flesh, but keep on licking. Why would you want to do this, Jason? Why would you want to wrestle someone who's nine times stronger in death? than they were when they were alive. So even a 19-year-old kid, even like some invalid, or some old dude, basically he's nine times stronger and he has the experience of an old man. Why would you want to do this? And then, let's say you do win the fight. The victory lap is you sucking the mucus out of his nose. Why would you want to do this? This is actually a super efficient curse. I can't... I think think in, in the realm of curses... A voodoo doll may work a little bit better. But this one, once you've licked him clean, once you've sucked all of the mucus out of his nose and out of his mouth, he is now yours to command. And you can use him as a servant. That is one of the one of the possibilities, right? You're like, oh, yes, I hope you know how to drive a car. You're now my chauffeur. He's like, uh... You're hitting up all the hot spots with this carcass in tow. And he's not constantly spitting up mucus the rest of the time. So he's not going to embarrass you. He will probably smell like the dead. But other than that, you can go out. He can be your butler around your house. He could probably work your fields if you had some. Or maybe you just want someone to play chess with. But that's normally not what the Icelandic zombie is used for. What happens is you send him after someone you don't like. And on the one hand, this is where it would be handy to have, like, a lumberjack. But they're just too strong to take down. They couldn't tame them in the first place. So you got to use this skinny old kid. And he'll go and he'll curse your enemy. And you figure, okay, well, then what happens? Why doesn't my enemy just chop off this kid's head? And, I mean, I I ate all that mucus for nothing. He's pretty easy to fight. I mean, even if he is nine times stronger, if I'm able to beat him, my enemy might be able to beat him. Apparently, it's more complicated than that. He will... This zombie will follow your enemy for the rest of his life. And I don't know if it's an actual... Well, you know what's funny now to say that? There is no way to kill this. Like, looking at the notes, there is no prescribed way to kill one of these things. So even if your enemy did chop his head off, I wonder if he regenerates a new head. Or maybe it can't maybe it's actually indestructible at this point we don't know well the reason why i think it's indestructible is it will follow your enemy for the rest of his life and i don't know if it's a metaphysical thing like when he closes his eyes he sees a zombie lurching towards him or every so often out of the corner of his eye he sees a zombie in the distance it's like messing with his head right that could be the case or it could actually be you're like oh those are just hallucinations the as he's ripping the lungs out of your enemy's chest could be a hallucination because he's like mentally messing with you. He could be in the physical space. But I don't think you can kill him because not only will he curse your enemy until the day that he dies, it will also curse the next seven generations of that bloodline. So now we're talking deep evil. Like at that point, you're messing with people who weren't even born. When you started tiffing with this guy. You were walking up the street one day... And he knocked over your... Your fresh goat milk that you stole from a widow. You're like... No! By Odin's beard I will curse you. Next thing you know... You're sucking... The mucus out of a dead man's beard. And you now have the zombie. And, and then it, like his great... What? Seven generations? That's like great... Great... great it's a bunch of greats. It's a bunch of great grandmas past. Right? A fascinating story and it's so overpowered, but it makes sense because this would be a hard spell to master. You could easily die doing really any part of this spell, right? You could choke on the mucus and die. You could suffocate. You could you could suffocate when the zombie crushes your windpipe. And this is one of those spells I think is so interesting, if it's real. It would be so hard to get right. Like, what happened the very first time someone's like, hey, you know, I came up with this incantation. Let's see if it works. And he says it, and a zombie jumps out of the grave and rips the guy in two. (laughs) So the incantation just collects dust for a couple hundred years, and then someone goes, hey, remember that time when Joe tried uh, uh, raising the dead? I mean, it worked. (laughs) The zombie jumped up and killed him. Uh, He was super strong. I saw him. He ripped that dude in half. So I'm going to try this incantation again, but I'm going to get like some dead weakling. Whatever happened to Tony? Remember Tony? He died like a bee stung him or something like that. Let's go and and use this incantation on him. So now this guy jumps up and they're like, wow, Tony, you're really strong for a guy. who's allergic to bees. But they're able to wrestle him. But then all this mucus is coming out of his face and they're like, dude, I don't know how to beat this guy. (laughs) We've been wrestling for three days straight. I keep throwing bees at him. That's not working either. Help. that guy gets ripped apart because eventually you would just get tired of trying to eat breakfast the zombies still wrestling you're like oh no i need nutrients and then eventually over time you'd be like maybe this is totally different guy this is like 200 years after that they're like well those other two guys successfully raised the dead they're both been ripped to pieces what if now just, just 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 hang with me for a second guys it's gonna sound crazy every time these zombies pop up all this mucus is shooting out of their nose and their mouth right and the other magic users are like yeah that's what we've heard from the reports and this guy goes well maybe what if when one of these zombies let's use the spell we'll get a weakling like the last guy did because that seemed to work a little bit better but when this guy jumps out of the grave what if we suck the mucus off of his face (laughs) The magicians are like, where did did you make that connection? Why do you think that would make the spell more efficient? He's like, oh, what what, we're trying to make the spell more efficient? I just like sucking mucus up. That's my huge fetish. So he raises the dead, and he sucks the mucus off of his face. And then the zombie's like, you're bidding, master. And he's like, wow, who who knew that my crippling fetish that has kept me from building a bond with other humans would actually come in handy, right? (laughs) I successfully not only raised a zombie and sucked up all the mucus I wanted to, but now it works. He's my slave. Like, you would figure there would have to be steps. It's not like some guy walked out there with an incantation, said it, a zombie jumped up, he picked the right zombie to begin with, and then he started sucking the mucus. Like, these spells would have to take place over time. Same thing with science, right? No one sat there a long time ago and goes, hmm, if I poured this vinegar into this baking powder or baking soda, <laughs> I probably should get the terms right. Well, no, I'm sure at first the guy goes, hey, here's some vinegar and here's some baking powder and he pours it in and he's like what that was i don't know what i expected i don't know what i expected and he's walking around with a vial of vinegar and he's pouring it it on different things he's pouring it on people he finds a squirrel in the woods he's pouring vinegar on him he's like oh man The the squirrel just runs away all wet he's pouring it on apples and he's like i don't know what this vinegar is going to do. I don't know what I'm expecting. This. I own vinegar. I own a vinegar store. I've unloaded the supplies of vinegar. And I'm a scientist on the side. But vinegar isn't doing anything. It's making things super tasty. A bear's eating that squirrel. He's like, yummy, yummy. Oh, man. I guess I'm not cut out to be a scientist. And then in in a fit of rage, he knocks over all of his vinegar. All of his vinegar and starts a little flood and then next door the baking soda store just opens some guys like oh my life <laughs> it's a store of nothing but baking soda oh i love this oh man mom's gonna be so proud of me and then a tidal wave of vinegar hits the store and he's like "What? what what's going on and then all of a sudden everything starts bubbling up science that's how you figure stuff out you have to figure out these cause and effects you have to figure out these things It wouldn't come to you all in one blow. Although I will say, we'll wrap it up like this. This casual episode ended up being the length of a regular episode, which wasn't my intention. But it's possible that, yes, it was trial and error to figure out that spell perfectly. It's also possible that they got the spell from somewhere else. Not necessarily like another book. Like the people, I'm talking about the people who discovered the spell. It's possible that it was given to them by infernal forces right if you're like a witch or a warlock you're probably just asking demons how do i raise a zombie you're probably not out there with a vial of vinegar trying to figure it out you probably get it from a demon or it's also possible i think this is interesting we don't really talk about it a lot on the show but it's and i made kind of reference to it earlier but drug use right The they they could have been I don't know if they have shrooms in Iceland but I wonder, we talked a long time ago on the show about how did shamans how did medicine men in the past figure out which foods were poisonous which foods were medicinal and which foods were edible and it would take a lot of trial and error I think a lot of it would probably be observing animals and being like yeah probably shouldn't eat that (laughs) if there's just a, a, a giant ocean of dead taper around a particular tree they're like yeah stay away from that tree uh, and probably not eat these taper either. I wonder how much of it was like tripping off drugs, tripping off shrooms, tripping off natural hallucinogens. They would have these visions. They would have a vision of them raising the dead. Not, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder if they, they if there is an Icelandic, I wonder what type of drugs they have in Iceland. Not nowadays. Now they just have Trank. Now they just have fentanyl like the rest of the world. But, like, back then, I wonder if it was shamans tripping on drugs, and they're seeing this happen. They're seeing this spell, and they're seeing all the components. Because, yeah, just getting the incantation right would be difficult in and of itself. But Possibly drug use, possibly a drug-fueled trip, possibly, you know, demonic influences. And for this particular spell, I don't think all magics would come from demons. I think you could argue... Different magic comes from different sources, but I can't imagine many guardian angels Van like, I am here to protect you. However, I do take a three-week-long break in the middle of summer, so I will teach you how to raise your own zombie warlord. I don't, I don't really see... I don't really see Gabriel or Michael letting the Icelandic wizards know all that stuff, but it's a fascinating story, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. I this episode so casual it doesn't even have an ending um but yeah i hope you guys have a great weekend i plan on having a much better weekend this time blood clot free so yeah everything's going great and i hope you guys have a great weekend this, was, this is the laziest and this might be the laziest thing i've ever done of dead rabbit radio but i love you guys and hope you guys have a great weekend dead gmail.com is going to be our email address you can also hit us up at facebook.com slash dead radio tiktok